Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's. Um, our scripture today is gonna is one that we've probably all heard of before. It is Proverbs three five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. That is what we're going to be focusing on today, leaning not on our own understanding. So the title of my sermon today is From Understanding to Understand Him. Let us bow our heads and pray. Abba Father, we give you the glory and we give you the honour this morning. We thank you for being in a time in your presence. We don't take it for granted. Abba, we pray that as we're here today, fellowshipping and communing with one another, that your Holy Spirit will just really speak through each and every one of us, that our hearts will be open, our minds will be open, our ears will be attentive to what you have for us, because I believe you have something for each and every one of us. So we give you glory and we give you honour and we praise your name. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen. So the message today is called From Understanding to Understand Him. Can you repeat that with me? From understanding to understand him. So we want to delve a little bit deeper into understanding what that looks like, what that means, how we get deeper with our understanding with God. So to trust and to lean on God in the scripture that we just read, Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. To trust and to lean on him, that's being intentional about being dependent on God. That's being intentional about holding on to God, using God for your support. And commonly in the scripture, we do see wisdom, knowledge and understanding. We see them together, right? So today we're just going to pinpoint understanding and just go a little bit deeper. So if you happen to be taking notes today, my first point is the foundation has to be strong. Can you turn to someone and say the foundation has to be strong? When it comes to understanding and developing and deepening that with God, your foundation, it has to be strong. Otherwise, things will come and attack and things will come and get in the way. So if we go to Matthew 16, 18, there's a commonly known scripture that if you grew up in church, you'll be used to hearing it referenced or quoted. And it says, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So Jesus declared this to Peter after he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? I want you to just remember that. Remember that scripture where Jesus has said that to Peter. You are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. We're going to pause there and just go back one chapter. That's Matthew 16. We're going to go back to Matthew 15. You don't need to turn there because I'm going to set the scene. I'm going to tell you what was happening just one chapter before Jesus declared this to Peter. So one chapter before this, Jesus is with his disciples and the scribes and the Pharisees, they come and they pose a question to Jesus as they regularly did. Regularly, the scribes and the Pharisees, they came and they looked for ways to almost trap Jesus. They looked for ways to challenge him, to question him, to find ways that he would be disobedient to the law so that they could find a punishable offence. They did this constantly by questioning the law of Moses, by questioning the law of God. So today also what we're going to touch on is 
understanding the rules of the land, understanding the natural laws, and understanding spiritual laws. These are things that Jesus understood, but we're only going to touch on these briefly. I'm mentioning it because this is a two-part series, and in the next part, we'll go into more depth about those. But it's important that you remember that the scribes and the Pharisees very regularly looked at tradition, they looked at culture, and they found a way to use these things to attempt to entrap Jesus, right? So they've come... They've asked him a question, and as Jesus did regularly, he posed back a question to them. When they've asked him this question about tradition and him following the law, they've posed back, he's posed back a question to them. After Jesus has done this, we are in Matthew 15, verse 15 to 16. Then Peter answered and said to him, him being Jesus, explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, are you also still without understanding? So the scribes and the Pharisees have asked their question. Jesus has explained in a parable as he regularly does. And Peter says, okay, explain this further. I'm, I'm not understanding. And Jesus looks at him and says, are you also still without understanding? There was an expectation from Jesus that Peter's level of understanding at this point would be deeper than what it was. Jesus does go on to explain the parable. And at that point, that's when Jesus is talking about, it's not about what goes into our mouth that defiles us, but it's about what comes out. Because what comes out is, is from our heart. What we speak, it's all rooted in our heart. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you still without understanding? So imagine Jesus at this point. Peter's walked with him. He's broke bread with him. He's listened to his teachings. He's listened to his sermons. Peter, as we know, was in Jesus's inner circle, you know, that Jesus would take to certain places and, you know, reveal to him secrets. And yet Peter is still at that point where Jesus is saying, are you still without understanding? So that's where we were in Matthew 15. Let's go back to Matthew 16. And I'm going to reset the scene for us in Matthew 16 now. So Jesus asks his disciples, who do people say I am? This is just one chapter difference. At one point, Peter's level of understanding is not there, that Jesus is saying, are you still without understanding? Now, just a chapter later, they're together again, and Jesus says to his disciples, who do people say I am? They respond, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some say um, you're one of the prophets. Some say you're Jeremiah. Then he turns to Peter and says, but who do you say I am? And in Matthew 16, verse 16, Peter says, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. My question is, what changed? In one chapter, all of a sudden, Peter is now declaring and professing who Christ is. He knows without a shadow of a doubt that you are the Christ. But in the other chapter, Jesus kind of looking at him like your understanding isn't where it's supposed to be. What was the difference? The answer is in verse 17. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. One of the key differences between Peter's response in Matthew 15 and Peter's response in Matthew 16 is that Peter was no longer seeing through his physical eyes but he'd allowed the spirit of God to bring about true understanding. When Jesus spoke in parables, he did this intentionally because 
what he had to say is not for everybody. So it's the true worshippers that open up their ears to hear that the mysteries will be revealed to. But in Matthew 15, Peter was still looking at it very physically. He was understanding that one plus one equals two. He wasn't understanding the mysteries. By Matthew 16, that wasn't the case anymore. The spirit of God had now manifested to Peter. When we want to develop our understanding, one of the first things we have to do is make sure that the foundation is strong. So turn to your neighbor again and say, the foundation has to be strong. And now turn to your other neighbor and say, from understanding to understand him. Some of you turn to the same neighbor. Do you not like the other one? (laughs) Okay, we're inclusive here. So I'll turn to everybody (laughs) and I'll look at you all. So point two, if you happen to be taking notes, is the importance of understanding the laws. So when it comes to deepening our level of understanding, when it comes to um, getting more intimate with with God and not seeing things at face value, it's important to understand the laws. Like I said in part two, I will touch on the natural laws, the laws of the land and the spiritual laws. But for right now, let's just look at uh, the laws of the land. Now we know just from living in the UK that some rules will benefit us and others won't. That's just how it is when it comes to the laws that that, that govern society. Some will be in your favour, others will not be in your favour. But when it comes to understanding the laws, walking in the laws, knowing how they benefit or don't benefit you, understand that there will be people who will come to tempt you. Just because you're saying the right thing or doing the right thing does not mean that people will not challenge you. In fact, sometimes the very reason that you're being challenged is to steer you off the right direction. What comes to mind is when the enemy tempted Jesus. Not one, not two, but three times. It wasn't because what Jesus said was incorrect. It wasn't because Jesus was in the wrong place at the wrong time. It wasn't because Jesus was um, distracted and so he wasn't on his path or on his course. But the point is, people will come and they will tempt you. However, if your foundation is stable, then you'll be able to overcome these challenges. If it's not, then it's questionable, and you may find yourself like someone else in the Bible who a lot of women have said when they get to heaven they'd like to have a conversation with her. Um, Yes, the front row have said it, Eve. You may find yourself in a similar situation that Eve did. So if we go to Genesis 3.1, we're going to elaborate on what I'm talking about. Genesis 3.1 says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. One day, he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? That moment of, did God really say, is one that we find ourselves in regularly. Be prepared that when when you are walking with God, you're going to have challenges and you're going to have pushback. If you don't have pushback and if you don't have challenges, then I dare say that maybe you're doing something wrong. Because that's the very nature. Challenges and pushback doesn't mean you're, you're, sometimes it's there to correct you and just so that you can check that you're in line. But if anything, it should 
give you assertion and if anything that should make sure that okay I know what I'm doing at what is your level of understanding what are you standing on so when you have those moments of did God really say I should share that testimony did God really say I should leave that job did God really say that the love of money is the root of all evil did God really say I should pay my tithes These are moments that we have regularly and a lot of the time they come from the shrewdest of all the wild animals that the Lord created. It is a slippery serpent that is speaking in our ear because it is not an attempt to correct us but to confuse us. Did God really say? Which is why our foundation is important which is why our level of understanding is important. Because if your understanding is shaky, as soon as someone says, but did God really say, you're, you're going you're gonna to step back. You're going to question yourself. You're going to start to question what you already know. And it happens regularly. Like in the workplace, you might be having a conversation and someone asks you to double check something and all of a sudden you're not sure now like if what you said was correct. You're not sure if you should, oh, and you, you backtrack we become a bit more meek, we become a bit more quiet. Then he likes that. He either wants to stop you from doing something, something that's going to benefit the kingdom and deter you away from that, or get you to start doing something that's going to have the same effect and take you away from the kingdom. Turn to your neighbor and say, from understanding to understand him. Okay, so we're going to play a, a quick little game. Um, Rachel, if you could just come forward for me. Thank you, thank you. So, uh, at the beginning of today, I wrote down... <laughs> thank you. Can we give Rachel a round of applause? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. So, at the beginning of today, I wrote down five scriptures that I'm going to use today in the sermon. And all I would like you guys to do as a church for me is to guess what those five scriptures are. So I'm going to make it a bit easier for you. Don't worry. You have five guesses because there are five scriptures. But I'm going to make it very simple. You don't have to guess the chapter or the verse. All you need to guess is the book, and I'll give you the point. That's all you need, the book. So you win understanding. That's what you win. <laughs> so, all right. We're going to, okay, let's, let's start. Okay, guess number one. Proverbs. Proverbs, okay. <laughs> we have someone who was listening. Guess number two. Oh, you're really just, I think destiny, we're going to put yours on pause for a moment. Does anyone else like to guess a book? Wow, that was a, okay, yes, Rachel, whatever you hear, just write it down, Matthew, Genesis. Go ahead, we've got two more. And the final guess? Oh, I had Songs of Solomon. Rachel, pick one. There's been Revelation, Songs of Solomon, Titus. Oh, Rachel went with the one she can spell. Well done. <laughs> okay, so our guesses are... Proverbs, Matthew, Genesis, 1 Corinthians, and John. 
We're going to see if you have any of the same answers as me. As I said, all you need is the book. We don't need the chapter or the verse. Okay, Rachel, let's go. Okay, so we've got Proverbs. We've got Matthew. We've got Genesis. Okay, but you did quite well as a church. You got three out of five. Give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, yes, no, so you can, t you can take it. So, guys, from that, right, you've seen what the scriptures are that you guys got in common with me. Now you've got, you've got three or five. Do you think with three or five of those scriptures, you would be able to replicate the sermon that I'm going to do today? No. By the grace. Yes, no, hands up for yes. You think you'd be able to replicate it? Yes. Hands up. There we go, we've got one. Hands up for no, you don't think you'd be able to replicate it? No. Okay, now you've got all of them. So ignore your, put, you've got all of the, you've even got the verses and the chapters that are there, right? Yeah. We've got the verses and the chapters. So you've got exactly all of the scriptures I'm gonna use today. The verses, the chapters, the books. With that knowledge, do you now think you'd be able to replicate the sermon that I'm gonna do today? Okay, so we're gonna say no. You're saying you're saying no. What's everyone else saying? Ish. I think context is important. Okay, context is important. Replication means you have to say you have to get it right every okay so there's a mixture we're getting a mixture out here we're getting no it's not possible because it has to be exactly the same we're getting we could do an ish a roundabout version of the message um i don't think anyone said a whole yes so 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 we're okay we want hands up i want hands so who's inside of replication it's not possible no and then who's, we would be able to do some version of it, an ish, you know. Okay, the people who are ish, why are you an ish? Elaborate, please. Because, sorry, Pastor Grace? You understand? Okay, you can put your scriptures in your own words, okay? Okay, it won't be the same because you wouldn't have the same interpretation that I have for it. Okay, all right. So, okay, I like that. I like that response. In essence, guys, knowledge alone isn't enough. Knowledge by itself will only get you halfway. You need understanding to take you the rest of the way. For example, if I put you in a room with punching bags, and I put a blindfold on your eyes and I told you to shadow box. Eventually, you're gonna hit one of those punching bags. That's just inevitable because you're in a room full of punching bags. However, in regards to technique, in regards to application, in regards to replicating exactly what you did, it'd be difficult to do that because you're just shadow boxing. You're essentially punching the air. If we go to 1 Corinthians 9, 26, this is Paul talking. It's on, it's, yeah. Well done, it was one of the guesses, well done. You guys did guess 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 9.26, Paul says, So I run with purpose in every step. 
I am not just shadow boxing. In other versions, he says, I am not just beating the air. He runs with purpose in every step. Doing the right thing without understanding is similar to shadow boxing. You'll hit a few punches naturally, but because you don't understand how or why you hit them, it'll be difficult to replicate and even harder to teach. So when you come across someone who's going through a similar trial, a similar circumstance to something you went through, because you were really only shadow boxing and you did 10 different things that got you out of that scenario, you won't know how to advise that person to get them out because you don't know what actually worked. Understanding is important as it helps us to repeat correct actions and become more accurate. Paul was very big on this. He said, I walk and I run with purpose in every step, not just some of the steps. Every step I take has purpose. I'm not just beating the air. I'm not just guessing this thing out with my faith and what I'm doing and what God's called me to do. I'm being intentional about it. Understanding is a deeper level of intentionality. Understanding takes you to a, a, another step with Christ. In school, teachers ask us for our working out, right? Um, well, at least before. I think most of us are out of the education factor of school. But if we take our minds back, teachers used to ask us for our working out. Um, and part of the reason why you do that is because people can guess the correct answer. So if you have them working out, my niece is like that. You ask her questions, and I can tell she just guessed. Because when I change the variables, but essentially the formula is the same, she can't replicate what she did. So I always push her for her working out. How did you get to where you were? If you can see the working out and you can see how someone got to the answer, then even if the answer is wrong, it's easier to correct. Some of us connect the right dots, but draw the wrong conclusions. Wow, it's really hitting some people. That is, a lot of the time it happens. We are connecting the right dots, but we're drawing the wrong conclusions. An example of that is when you're in a prolonged um, season. Sometimes you're in that prolonged season because yes, you connected the right dots. Yes, you, um, your prayer points may even be quite on, on point, but the conclusions you're drawing from why this season hasn't ended or what you're supposed to get from this season is incorrect. That's why we need the spirit of God. That's why we need understanding because our physical human level of understanding, it's gonna keep us in a prolonged season. It's gonna keep us somewhere that should have ended. Turn to your neighbor and say, some of us are connecting the right dots but drawing the wrong conclusions. <laughs> Point number three on from understanding to understand him. So, gaining understanding gives you power, but what you choose to, it, to do with it is up to you. So when you've got that deeper level of understanding, you're almost in a position of authority. You're in a position where um, you know something deeper. What you choose to do with it is up to you. We're gonna go to Daniel 1 verse 20, because um, Daniel's a very good example of this. In Daniel 1 verse 20, the word says, in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, this is um, Daniel and his three friends, so Shadrach, Mesh Meshach, and Abednego, it says, 
He found them 10 times better than all the magicians and enchanters in the whole kingdom. Knowing the king's dream, if we're familiar with the story of Daniel, the king had a, um, the king wanted the, the king wanted someone to tell him what he dreams about. Um, this happened numerous times where at one point the king just wanted you to say. He didn't want to say what his dream was at all. He wanted people to tell him what it was. Then after that, he went further. And he now wanted the interpretation and the understanding of his dream. Knowing the king's dream in this matter was not enough. What set Daniel apart was the understanding of what that dream meant. Daniel always gave the glory back to God. That's why I said the point here is gaining understanding gives you power. It put Daniel in a, in a position of power. It put Daniel and his friends, it set them apart, to be honest. But what Daniel chose to do with that is amazing because he constantly gave the glory back to God. He constantly said that it's not because I'm wise, it's not because I have a different level of understanding, but it's because God is trying to communicate with you to the king. He never took the glory for himself. He also never used it in a selfish way. Daniel could have done that. The interpretations of the dreams revealed things about the kingdom, reveals things about the land. Daniel could have used that for selfish ambition. He never did that. And Daniel actually went on to serve four kings, which wasn't common in that day for someone to have gone on and served that many kings. But I believe it's because of what Daniel chose to do with his level of understanding that he found himself in such a position. If you're taking notes, we're going to go to point four that says, if understanding is not paired with knowledge, it may not be beneficial to you. So you can know something without understanding it. So again, that knowledge is not useful to you. Um, I'm laughing because I'm reminded of uh, college days. I did English, so you know the anthology. I don't know how many of you remember those anthologies that had that old English poetry. It's very tedious, and a lot of the times you had no idea what the author was talking about. And I remember my teacher at the beginning of the year picking a line of one of the poems and he wrote about a paragraph about that one line. And I remember a few of us sitting there thinking, how did he get all of this from that one line? Because half of us didn't know what the poem was talking about. And he was able to annotate it, deconstruct it and speak about it for a whole paragraph, um, for a whole paragraph to half a page. And I realized through going through my time in uni and uh, not uni, sorry, college, that a lot of the time when it came to our A-levels and the anthology and English and all of that, one thing that my teacher said to me is that when you're in first year, when you're doing your AS, they want to know what you know. So they're going to ask you to bullet point things, to identify things. But when it comes to A2, they're assessing your level of understanding. That's where it gets deeper. It's no longer enough for you to just throw out names. You now have to assess. You now have to show that you understand things on a deeper level. When I became a teacher later on in life, I'd have conversations with students who would talk about getting low grades or not passing certain exams. And through my conversations with them, I realized they knew the information that they needed, but they didn't understand the question. And that's the reason why they didn't get the grades they needed. Because knowledge alone, if it's not paired with understanding, it's not beneficial to you. They knew what they needed to know, 
but the understanding let them down. It's not enough to just know scripture. It's not enough to just know parables or stories or talk um, to know the name of God. It's not enough. If it's not paired with understanding, it won't benefit us. So it's similar to us when we read the words. So we read the words, but we don't study the words. So as I said, like if I talk about Daniel or the story of Moses or, in fact, hands up, who knows the story of Noah? Quite a lot of us. Hands up, who knows the story of um, Daniel? Hands up, who knows the story of Abraham? Okay, brilliant. So a lot of us in this room, we know the stories, we know the parables, um, but we don't study them. Therefore, when we find ourselves in certain situations in life, we're not able to apply the mysteries of the words because we haven't studied the words. So therefore, the word is almost a storybook to us. We haven't got to that level where the Holy Spirit has revealed secrets or revealed mysteries or where we're like Peter, where we've got a deeper level of understanding. We can't apply the word to our life. If understanding is not paired with knowledge, it is not beneficial to you. So ticking on your daily devotion that you read that scripture in the long run is not going to do anything for you if it is not paired with understanding. Say that to a neighbor, please. Tell, in fact, ask the neighbor, have you read your daily devotional today? <laughs> and now ask them, have you understood your daily devotional today? Please, guys, get answers. Don't just <laughs> repeat the question. I want answers to those questions. Did they understand the daily devotional? <laughs> and if they, if they didn't understand it, guys, after service, please, yeah? Let's <laughs> All right, guys. So let's look back at our main scripture today, which was Proverbs 3, 5, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. King Solomon is a good example of what happens when you choose not to lean on your own understanding and instead depend on the Lord. So let's go to 1 Kings 3, verse 7 to 13. So I'm going to paint the picture of where we are now. Um, the Lord has asked King Solomon to ask him for anything, anything that he wants, anything that he desires. God has said, ask me. And this is King Solomon's response. He says, he says, now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David's. But I'm a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Verse nine says, therefore, Give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? The Lord's response goes on to say, verse 10, the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, 
Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you, nor shall any like you arise after. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you amongst the kings all your days. Amen. When it comes to gaining understanding, it's key to remember that true understanding is given from God. King Solomon understood that, and that's what he sought after. And because of that, God gave him things he didn't even ask for. It reminds me of the scripture that we say, seek ye first the kingdom of God in his righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. When we seek him first, God takes care of every other thing. All the prayers that, prayers that you haven't even prayed, God will answer. Things that you haven't even thought about, God is taking care of it already. But it's important that our understanding isn't coming from our books, isn't coming from our experience, isn't coming from our friends, isn't coming from what we watch. It's important that our understanding is coming from him. Only he can reveal to us the secrets and the mysteries because no amount of head knowledge will reveal that to you. God has fashioned it in his words for that very reason. So in conclusion, true understanding comes through revelation. Revelation is gained through intimacy with God. When your foundation is strong and your foundation is rooted in him, no weapon formed or fashioned against you can prosper. That is exactly how God's designed for it to be. So can you turn to your neighbor and say, from understanding to understand him. Amen. Um, can we bow our heads, please, and close our eyes? I want to pray for you this morning. If you found yourself in a place where your foundation with God is a bit shaky, your foundation with God is not the most stable, you have head knowledge, but your heart needs some more transformation. You can quote certain scriptures and you know certain things, but you don't have a true revelation of God's mysteries, of God's words. You don't have a true revelation of who God is for yourself. If you were to receive some pushback from people today, it might shake you, it might make you a bit more meek. It might make you question things. I wanna pray for you this morning if you're saying, Lord, I want a deeper level of understanding with you. If that is you this morning, I want you to raise your hand. If you're saying, I want a deeper level of understanding with you, Father. I want a deeper level of intimacy with you, Father. I want for you to reveal to me the, the secrets in your word, the mysteries in your words. I want to be able to stand upon your word. If that's you, you can lower down your hands. Abba, Father, we just want to pray for everyone who's within the sound of my voice. For those in the building and for those online that are surrendering in this moment and saying, Father, I need you. I need more of you. 
Abba Father, I pray for a revelation, for a sort of pool experience, whereby Abba Father, people's eyes are truly open that they may no longer see through their physical eyes, but through their spiritual eyes. Abba Father, I pray for roots to be um, birthed right now. That it's not just a good message that we've heard and we've received it gladly and we go away and then the enemy steals the seeds. But no, in this very moment, seeds are being watered. Roots are growing. Hearts are being transformed. Abba Father, I pray in this very moment that everyone who is surrendering their hearts and has declared and professed, just as Peter professed, who you are, Jesus. Everyone who is professing with their words right now saying, I need more of you, Father that you will meet them at the point of their needs. I pray that we will meet knowledge with understanding. We will continuously surrender to you, find time to spend with you and sit at your feet so that the Holy Spirit may keep revealing who you are to us. In Jesus' name we've prayed, amen.